0: all it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys review Art Nova, Virtue, and the theme board game. Plus, there are highlights from our annual Booby queue, including Olay Guacamole, Cult of the Deep, and Black Angel. I will also be joining Marty in a review of the game Splendor Duel. Last but not least, the guys will review a couple of video games for you. How are they able to do all that? It can't be good, can it? Wait a minute. I'm in it. Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is
1: episode 271, More Human Than Human. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. Tony, this is one of those songs from White Zombie where the guitar lick in it is very, very memorable. There's, there's kind of a hook in there and I could have swore it was in a movie or TV show or something, but I couldn't find a reference to it. Do you know if it was ever used in anything?
2: No, and is White Zombie the same as Rob Zombie? It, it was it?
1: It's led by Rob Zombie, yes.
2: Okay, see, I don't know those things. I just know that the reaction we got recently at barbecue on some song that you did not like, and I could have sworn it was a White Zombie song that you told Alexa, don't ever play that song again, but I probably am wrong. No, you are. It's, zo- it's the song, zombie, zombie, zombie. What the heck was that?
1: That's what I'm saying, that song.
2: I don't even know that song. And I was trying to remember what it was so I could just, you know, talk about what happened at barbecue. Well, What happened? Well, you yelled at Alexa and said, by gosh, if you ever play that song again, I will end you.
1: <laughs> it's by the Cranberries. It was a very popular song. Gosh, what? Back in the ni- early 90s. I just, okay. I just, it's one of those things, the way she just says zombie over and over again. You wouldn't know it if you heard it.
2: Uh, Then I don't need to hear... Well, I'm not going to hear it at your house ever. I will say that. Not after I
1: told Alexa
2: to (laughs) never play it again. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do that. I don't know who
1: played the the playlist. It was like just odd stuff that's being played. I'm not sure. I get maybe just
2: Halloween songs in general. It was Nate Bivens. He said something about play the Halloween reverbs. I don't know. He made something and all of a sudden stuff was playing. I don't know. Well, I mean, there was some good stuff in there because...
1: Uh, We just had our big annual q, our big annual Halloween party where we get a lot of our friends together, hang out in the basement, play some games. I have some incredible barbecue and ribs made by our good friend Steve Gibbs. Uh, It's just a wonderful time and love doing it every year
2: it's not we it is you you and your wife host an amazing get together one where we all sit there and just have meat sweats from like you said all the barbecue and all the amazing stuff the cheesecake brownies donna and her little um cake and then of course we had all the chips and snacks and and burt bringing the the sausage balls oh my gosh it was it was bad
1: we were picking out all day and get this dude Vanessa and I realized last night everybody left. We forgot to bring out our chocolate eclair. It was sitting in the fridge. <laughs> so there was yet a whole other dessert that we totally forgot to bring out.
2: Well, then why? Okay. If we're going to sign up, this is where coordination works. I said, I'm bringing a cake. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But, hey. I well, yeah. You, so you usually have a couple desserts. Oh, but not after you put on 30 pounds of meat. Well. Oh, I mean, oh, that was so good, man. Uh, mm. Yeah, and basically
1: we got in a ton of games, which we're gonna uh, feature. Really, a lot of the games that we have uh, played will feature here in the intro. Just give a little bit of synopsis of some of those
2: that we played. Really? did we? Did we get in a ton of games? We got in some games that took a ton of time. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, you had you had me probably captive for. As it was pointed out to me when I got home, I was gone for over 12 hours. And she goes, well, how many games did you play? And I go, three. She goes, wait, what? And I go, me three? And she's like, oh my gosh, how did you, she, my wife knows me very well. She said, how did you survive that? And I said, well, it's a good thing they were very entertaining. <laughs> and the people were entertaining as well. So it was a, it was great. I love that. I always, I need to make sure that's on the calendar. So what, what week we in are we doing it next year?
1: Uh, I'll let you know sometime next year. It'll be in October on a Saturday.
2: Okay. Uh, in October on a Saturday. you know how my calendar fills up. I am such a popular person. Mm, Me and my attitude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Usually we start planning this. I usually send out either late August or September asking when people are Mm -hmm. available. And then we usually kind of narrow it down to a couple weeks. So this is the earliest we've ever had it. And Vanessa and I kind of like it in the middle of the month because usually we have it right at the end and then Halloween's over. Then it's over. Now we still got half a a month left of Halloween. Well, at the time of this recording uh, to sit and just enjoy all the other festivities.
2: And you also got to enjoy all your festivities of decorating that you had.
1: Uh, yes, we did. And before we started recording, I had to to wait a little bit because uh, Travis and I sat down and watched uh, Halloween Kills, which was the second in the latest Halloween trilogy.
2: Oh, oh I'm, I, I got to hear what you thought about it. My daughter just explained to me. She just saw the new one, and so she was giving us the rundown.
1: Okay, so uh, I really liked the first Halloween. I thought it was a really cool thing to see... Um, Lori Strad, 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 whatever her name is, you know, back as uh, in, in character, and, and along with Michael, seeing them back together like 40 years later, it was. I thought it was a very good story. The second movie, I just didn't like it all. I just did not care for it at all. So. We we're going to see the third one but Travis hadn't seen it so I said well let's watch the second one and as soon as the credits rolled he looked at me It was like two thumbs down so um <laughs> and the thing is though unfortunately i've i've seen some like the the ratings or rotten tomato scores on Halloween ends and it's not good there either so i'm not expecting anything from the third movie
2: all right well so from number 2 my daughter said she laughed through the whole thing it was so bad it was bad so she- Yep. So she she went into this one with low low expectations and she said uh Bloomingfield who does this who did it Bloomhouse Bloomhouse. She said they could only go up and thank goodness they did. So she enjoyed it. Good. She thought it well but she said once again you got to consider what I'm measuring against. Really enjoyed one. Number 2 was awful. So number three, you know, she was like, okay, they did a good job with it. They, okay. they brought it back. They brought it back from the dead. Cool.
1: And afterwards it was over. We just planning on going to the theater and it's actually streaming right now on Peacock. And uh, Travis said, if you just want to stay here and, and watch it on that. So what I may do is get like a month subscription to Peacock, which is cheaper than two movie tickets and drinks and popcorn and everything. And just watch mm. it on it and then cancel.
2: As a Spectrum user, I get Peacock for free, and I've yet to sign up for it. I need to do that.
1: Oh, I signed up for everything for free. Like with uh, with T-Mobile, they offered, uh, here, you want Apple TV free for a year? Sure. Sure. So I signed up for it. Hey, you want uh, YouTube Live TV for a year for only $54? Sure. I'll take that. So anything they offer for free, i take it. MLB Network or MLB TV for free? Sure, I'll take that.
2: I know who you're married to. You darn right you're taking that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I, I love all the the special offers they have. But, yeah, yeah. Now, now you've lifted my my hopes for this movie where they were pretty darn low. I, I'll, I'll keep them low just in case.
2: Keep them low. Because I, cause I, mean, I have it. been
1: extremely mm-hmm. disappointed with a lot of things I've been watching lately, uh, mm-hmm. including Rings of Power and She- uh, Yeah, oh. I read
2: your little Facebook post about Rings of Power. Yeah, I'm like, dang, dude, you convinced me. I do not need to see this as much as I enjoy Lord of the Rings. I do not need to see this. Here's the thing. Everybody's like, Marty, you just
1: hate everything. No, I am enjoying House of the Dragon. I think that is a really fine drama. I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, but I'm enjoying this. And I think Andor, the latest thing that's on uh, Disney Plus, the Star Wars stuff is really cool because it's so different than anything else they've done. It's kind of a spy thriller how the rebellion got started has nothing to do with the Skywalker. So it's all new characters and everything. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I'm enjoying that. So it's not like I dislike everything, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. This is not Tolkien. The lore has been totally destroyed and it's like, okay, well maybe I'll just accept it as a really, really interesting fantasy story. It's, it's just to me, it's not real written. The characters aren't interesting. If you read the books and you watch the, the the trilogy, uh, you know how like travel takes forever. They show them mm-hmm. it takes forever to get from one place to another. H- here, it's like, all right, we're going to get on a boat and go there. Next scene, we're here. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no. They lose all sense of time and travel. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop well, well, fa- I stop because if you're, a fan. go ahead.
2: Go, no, no. If you're a fan, you don't want to bring them down. But I will t- If you're a fan of Blue Bloods like me, I was sorely disappointed in the seasoner. Season uh oh. I'm sorry. I know, and you're, I know you're holding back laughter and I appreciate you for doing that on the Blue Bloods thing, <laughs> but I'm sorry, I enjoy, I, it's Tom Selleck, I gotta enjoy not Tom Selleck, but talked talked about the time, I was like, is this 1917, the movie 1917, I am so confused on the timeline, I was like, okay, so he's out there at night, he's riding in a cab at night, but yet his son got... Wounded. Spoiler alert. Too late for that. But anyway, um, but that occurred in the daylight. But yet he's in a cabin. And I'm like, they are all over the place on this opener. And I was, I was very disappointed in my Blue Bloods. I was like, okay.
1: I, I'm just going to put a little caveat here. If, you, if you're a fan of Blue Bloods or Rings of Power, it's just TV shows. It's yes. just a movie. If you like it, I'm glad you like it. I would never try to convince somebody not to like something. It's an opinion. Opinions are not facts. If you think that I'm wrong, that is absolutely okay with me. I just want to put that out there. This is not something to burn down the internet over over some heated discussion.
2: And they're not going to. I mean, it's like when we talk about board games. Not every board game is for you. We all, and matter of fact, we'll be talking about one that is definitely not for me. Oh! Interesting,
1: interesting. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I know we usually save our taste buds for the end of the intro, but I am really thirsty. Is it okay if we go ahead and pop this thing
2: open now so I can have it to drink as we talk? Especially since it's BBQ and this is Mountain Dew Zero Voodoo 2022, baby. Here we go. Taste buds. Taste buds. Taste buds. Taste buds, Two incredible stuff Taste buds, they're just a bunch of, they're just a bunch
1: of. So you got this for me, right? It's the, uh, it's the, it's the latest mystery flavor from Mountain Dew, right? They haven't announced what this is, as far as what it no. really is, right?
2: No, they have not. But but be honest with you, I've lost track of time because I got this almost three, four weeks ago when they first came out. And so I I do not know. I have not gone to the website. I did not want to know. I want it to be a surprise.
1: All right. So, again, every year, or I don't know if it's every year. I know recently that Mountain Dew has been putting out this voodoo mystery flavor. And at some point in time, they will reveal what the flavor is. And so what we're going to do is going to pop the top. This is the zero sugar, which I appreciate. So I can mm-hmm. drink the whole can as we uh as we talk tonight and see if we can figure out uh what this mystery flavor is.
2: All right, here we go. All right. Ooh, big foam. Let's see.
1: Okay. Well, first we'll do the little Ooh, smell
2: test. Ooh, okay. The smell. Mm. Mmm. Okay. Didn't hit my palate right. I, I don't, know I, about don't you. I don't
1: know what this is.
2: Almost blueberry-ish to me. All right, you want to try it? Um well. I got nothing. I, I'm getting, well,
1: at raspberry. first I was feeling like a blue raspberry. But then, well,
2: that's why I'm, I'm right there
1: with you. But then it's very tart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Almost like a lemonade, lemonade type tart.
2: Yep. Very tart. I like it. And the smell didn't, the smell did nothing for me. It was actually turning me off, but I'm not a raspberry fan. So if it was strong raspberry, I would do that, but I don't know. They got me. They got me. I, I, I'm confused. I'm befuddled. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It, it, the first thing hit me with rasp is raspberry. It's mm-hmm. uh, the tartness. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Like it's, it almost yeah, maybe very... makes me pucker my cheeks a little bit.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, it hit it hit the back of the cheeks back there. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's that's a heavy coating back there.
1: All right. Well, uh, I, I'm anxious to hear what the answer is, but at least I have something to uh, sip on. And hey. If you're listening and you don't know uh, what it is, give us your guess. Uh, you can always head over to our Instagram or Twitter page at uh, Dyson Names. Come and join our uh, Discord channel if you like. And also, uh, we had talked about this uh, a few episodes ago about how we're trying to set up a big game night with Chris the moderator. It used to be with Flip the Table. Uh, we're going to, he's going to do like an online game with this, and that's going to be for everyone who pledges at our highest level at $10 a month, or at least a hundred dollars a year, one-time pledge. And once we get six people on board, then what we're going to do is going to set that up and you can go over to buy uh, to set that up. And if you don't want to do that, we also have lower pledge levels and you can get some supporter status on the discord channel. And we have some other ideas uh, for down the road for others, some backers too.
2: That's right. And if you click on the subscribe button or on the bell or on the link or the thumbs up or whatever they do with all the videos, I don't know what they say. Click on that subscribe button. What subscribe button? I'm just making a trying to make a poor joke about YouTube. You hear it in every video. Mm. Click on the subscribe button. Well, on Click our on
1: video the... cast, if you want to follow that, <laughs> then you should go over to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button because <laughs> we're once a month uh, trying to. Once a month, mm. Tony and I are going to uh, get together and have a little video cast. And I'm excited about mm. the next one. I think the idea is we're going to try to. We got our 10 year anniversary coming up. It's uh December's going to be our 10th anniversary. And he's already yawning over there. Is it too late for you?
2: No, that tells you how weak the Mountain Dew is. (laughs) Uh,
1: The next one we're actually going to look at, right before we started our podcast 10 years ago, the game Netrunner came out from Fantasy Flight. And there is a company who has picked up uh, that series and is doing a a print-by-demand support of the game. Uh, They reached out to us and said, hey, uh, we heard you talking about Netrunner. Would you like to try out our, our version? So they sent it to us. So Tony, you and I are going to get together revisit playing Netrunner and we're going to do a video cast on how, how has, what what's the question going to be? How is Netrunner over the past? Is Netrunner still good after 10 years later or something like that?
2: Or if we continue with what I'm trying to push for, does Netrunner suck today? <laughs> you're really trying to get that clickbait title, eh? I am. Every one of them, as you're going to mention, I am going to say, does it sucks? There you go. I may. I can't help it. I know. know, If if everybody else can use it, I can do it as well.
1: Also, we got our secret squirrel that's coming up. Every year we do this. This is like a secret Santa, except for us, it's a secret squirrel where we're going to have names divvied up and we're going to send games to each other. Uh, We have uh, have a link in the show notes. We also have a special channel on our Discord channel for going up and signing up. You need to sign up by November 1st as names will be picked and send the gifts by December 1st. And like last year, Tony, if you wanted to, we picked a night where we all got together and did a video chat on discord and opened Mm -hmm. our gifts together, which was fun.
2: Well, if you do it, well, last year I was in Hawaii when you did this. So this year it'll be very hard if we do it anytime before December the 6th.
1: Okay. We'll do it after December the 6th then. Okay. If paid. if people can wait, if you, and here's the thing, you don't have to wait. You get your no, gift, you open it and enjoy it. But if you want to, it's, it was just something fun that we did just to kind of all hang out together.
2: I got to put a reminder on the calendar to go do that.
1: Oh, by the way, just a quick yes. tease. Tony and I love to talk about video games and we got several things that we want to share. So make sure to listen to our outro uh, segment. today. we're talking about uh, a, a few games. some update on maybe some future gaming for Tony. So Make sure to listen to all the way through to the episode. And also, you're going to be here about an update on the new Oceans. It's not it's not, it's not, not Oceans coal or anything. It's just Oceans from North Star Games. They have an update uh, to their digital app, and we'll be sharing with some info, information about
2: that too. All right. So now what do we get to talk about? Do we get to talk about games, or do we need people to exercise some more? How long have we been talking? We've been talking for 18 minutes. That's not long enough. We need to come up with something else. <laughs> so today, so with today... As many know, my daughter uh, is going to get married next year, and one of the things is I got to attend a bridal show today. But I thought of you while I was at the bridal show. Okay, do you that's know weird. why? It is weird, but here's why: there was a lady there who was talking about when do you start giving favors to people at bridal at, at weddings. I don't know what you mean favors. You mean gifts? Yeah. When does when do you not you're not at your wedding. Not at my wedding. Did I give anybody anything? And birthday party. That is a new thing. The first
1: time I ever saw that was at my friend Ed McGill's wedding, who I know that you know because we game yeah. together and stuff. And at the end of his wedding, there was like little parting gifts. I went, "What? What is this all about?
2: What is this?" Well, thank you for coming. This is save yourself some money. So anyway, she was talking about f- um, some favors that they would do, get customized and put. And she was doing these special soy-type candles. And I'm not really sure. I wasn't really listening to her because I was smelling all the various candles. Okay. I know. And they had some very unique names. They had fall. They had cranberry. They had winter. Some of these smells, Marty, I was like, this is very pungent. Hmm. I can't imagine... And I know I know y'all have candles like this. And I was like, that's what made me think of you. I was like, man, I bet Marty wouldn't like this scent. Vanessa probably would enjoy having this one because they had all the, they were getting their fall Christmas lineup in. Mm-hmm.
1: I must admit, I do like fragrant uh, candles. In my office at work, I have one of those scentsy burners where you could put in the wax melts uh, mm-hmm. that will that uh, have a certain scent. And so I'll, I'll drop a new one in, and people walk by my office. Okay. And they'll sniff and they go, okay, and try to guess what today's scent is.
2: Okay. And do they ever are some people successful? Oh yeah.
1: One person walked in the other day, said, "I smells just smells like apple cider. I went, it is. It's apple
2: cider. We had we had this apple cider or something candle. And then there was this one. I smelled it and I go, Oh my God, that's revolting. And the lady looks at me, you know, oh, you shouldn't say things like that to people's product, but it was. It was revolting. She goes, You know, that's my number one seller today. <laughs> I'm like, okay. what was it? It was some type of cranberry mixture. And it was just, it was so strong and so fruity. Mm. I was like, my goodness. So I got to go do that and got this. Why were there mortgage companies at this thing? There were mortgage companies. Oh, because people are getting married and they can buy a home. Ding, okay. ding. I, thank you. And then uh, Donna and I want a cruise. If we went and listened to a uh, somebody talk for three hours, So I was like, no, timeshare, not doing that. Mm -mm." So that's why we didn't record earlier today, by the way.
1: Oh, that is absolutely fine. I'm enjoying recording right now.
2: Are you? I guess. Got nothing else to do. I appreciate you being in a better mood from last episode. Was I in a bad mood last episode? You weren't in a bad mood. You were just in a weird mood. It was kind of like I had. It was dragging words out of there. You were leaning on me to carry conversation, which is very unusual. Ah, so you should not do that.
1: My bad. Here, you want me to carry a conversation? Now we'll talk about some games that we got to play yesterday.
2: Okay, let me check our time. Yep, 22 minutes. That's good. Somebody good. can take a break, take a drink. Okay.
1: Danny from...
0: I shut board games.
1: Sent us a game that we got to see at uh, Gen Con. This is from publisher Scorpion Mask and designer Mr. Sandance, because I'm not going to get his his, uh, his first name correct. Tony, this is a little party game that we saw. We just immediately fell uh, in, in love with it's called ole guacamole i mm-hmm. i don't know why it's themed that way people are asking it, why why does it have to do with it, it has nothing to do with guacamole Look, they just came up with a name okay and it's a deck of cards they're all shaped uh, the deck is shaped like avocados mm-hmm. and there are some most of these cards have one letter maybe you'll have two letters on there and you just sit around the table with friends it plays two to eight players person flips over a card and let's say it's the letter L. Just throw out a word that does not contain the letter L. The next person okay. flips over a card and let's say it's the letter M. That person must say a word that's somehow connected to that last word that was said, but doesn't contain the letters L or M. Mm -hmm. This will continue around the table flipping over cards. And if anybody ever goes beyond the 12 second limit of being able to say a word or says a word that contains one of the letters on the table, they collect all the cards. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: go through the entire deck. Once the deck is empty, whoever has the least amount of cards collected is the winner of the game. That's it. It's that simple, but it's a blast to play.
2: Yes. And it's surprising how quickly your brain just freezes on you. Now, and we weren't even playing it on hard mode. And what do you mean hard modes? We had the 12 second timer, but we were not starting the clock as soon as the next person turned. We let that person think for a little bit <laughs> and then flip over because it was new. We had a learning game here, mm-hmm. but it is just, and we were all sitting there trying to think of words because you could watch us words that may trip up the next person. Right. So, and there are special cars that can either reverse the direction, you ha- or you have to say two two words at that time, or maybe you can call someone out and have them say the next word, or you skip over to the next person and they have to do it. So there's, it's not just letters. There's some other interactions. So yeah, it's it's the Nuno thing. Yeah, but it, yes, it is. Yeah.
1: And after after you left, that's the last game we played of the night. Okay, how it go? It went well. We played we played a game of it and everybody said, all right, just set that up and do it one more time. So we play like a, cause it goes so fast. I mean, it plays like 15 minutes at, mm-hmm. at the, at the most. So fun little party game. It's a small box. Um, again, this is by, from Scorpion mask and our good friends at.
0: I shut board games
1: is bringing it to the U S to have available. And it's available right now or available soon. But yeah, this is one of those highlights that we saw from Gen Con. I'm glad to see you finally coming out.
2: Ole, guacamole. Ole, guacamole. Very cute. Now, when we finished up one of our big games, I didn't want to start up the next big game. So I said, okay, I need to get going here. So a couple of us paired off, and we played a game that I've had in my collection for a while, but I've never had the opportunity to play. But someone brought it. uh, Kevin brought it, and it was called Black Angel. Now, Marty, have you ever seen this one? I have seen it, but have not played it. It is, what's the best way without me going into the rules? You remember the game Pulsar, what was it, 20, 49, 28, something? Yeah. You know the Pulsar loved, game? You know, loved it, yes. It, the dice manipulation and things yes. like that. loved it. This is very similar. Oh. Okay. We were, it was definitely a learning game. I, I would want to play it again. Maybe you and I can get a chance to play, but what you're trying to do is you are trying to buy technology. So on your turn, you have either you can do this sequence or you can do the B sequence, which is basically the reset sequence. Mm -hmm. But sequence A, you're going to play a card that's going to activate tiles in your tableau. It's a three by three tableau. And you're going to do the actions on those tiles, provided the color of the cards you play on the row or column matches the color of the tile. Simple. And there are some cards that are wild, so that would activate all of them. That's how you're going to be doing some things, collecting resources or uh, getting your AI robots into your base. That's the gist of the game is that's how you're generating your resources. Okay. Then you're going to take one of the dice that's in your storage area and you, it's either a yellow, blue, or gray, uh, green dice and you will take an action with that, which will let you play a card from your hand similar, which are the cards that you could play on your tableau. So you have to decide which card you want and you can put that out in space and that's a way to generate points. Mm. Or maybe you want to defeat the bad people that are coming that are attacking because they're infecting the board and in doing so that gives you the wild cards. So that was kind of ingenious to me. When you defeat these bad people, they go into your hand and they are now the wild cards that allow you to play. So you're sitting there doing this engine building trying to upgrade rage your technology During the whole time, anytime anyone resets their area, it advances the Black Angel spaceship towards the planet you're trying to get to, and that's your round counter. So, you're building an engine, you're placing cards out on a table that generate your victory points, and you're having to rinse and repeat with a very simple action, which is causing you're controlling the end of round. All the players are controlling the end of round. I think you would really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I think maybe we'll, if we get ever a chance, we'll we'll get that on the table, maybe on a big day or something where we have some time. Just, this is one of those games that it's, how did we, how did we not talk about it sooner? How did we not play it sooner? It just, it got washed under the rug. And
1: it was a popular game. I looked it up. It came out in 2019 from a company called Pearl Publishing and Asmodee carries it now. And I remember when it came out, I remember seeing it played and talked about a lot. So yeah, I'd like to check it out. I like dice manipulation games.
2: Yeah, It's one of those games we could resurrect.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can go back and check out. Uh, Speaking of dice manipulation, I got to play a game that I got um, shown at Origins called Cult of the Deep. This is from uh, BA Games. And this is a hidden trader, hidden fact, not hidden trader, hidden faction type game. And if you've ever played bang the dice game, it's a lot like that. Have you ever played that, Tony? Bang the dice game where somebody is the the sheriff and you have the deputies,
2: the has yes, it's, been, it's been a long time.
1: The, the concept of this is the same thing where there's a high priest. Everybody has their roles and there's a certain way to win the game. High priest is just trying to stay alive. The cultist is trying to kill the high priest. There's a faithful person that will win as long as the high priest survives. Uh, there's a person who's like just wants everybody else to die. The different roles are dependent upon the number of players. It plays uh, four to eight players. The play is very simple. You got five dice. You're going to roll them, and you can keep whichever ones you want. Reroll twice. The final five is what you got to use. And those dice are used to possibly deal damage to somebody, maybe heal yourself, or activate one of the uh, powers of the rituals. And this was the thought. This is where I got I got interested in because. In the middle of the table, there are these ritual cards that come out. And you, and each of the rituals has a certain die face that could be assigned to it. And if you do, you get to activate the ability of that ritual. And there's a whole deck of ritual cards. Each ritual can be used a certain amount of times based on the number of players. And once you've used it that many times, a new ritual comes out. So you're going around the table trying to determine who is who and deal some damage, heal yourself, etc., uh, with the goal of trying to meet your win condition. Now, I was super excited about this, and I enjoyed it as, a, as I was playing it, but it was one of those things that lasted longer than what I wanted it to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and one thing I thought was interesting is that when you heal yourself, you can go above your max health. And as soon as we realized that, uh, I don't know if you've ever played, you've played Magic. Like, you know in Magic, you can go above your max health. Uh, okay. And... So there are these decks that could be built where your health is so high, it's just you're so hard to beat and it just makes games last longer. And that's what the high priest just kept raising his health pool so high he was hard to get to sort of deal. Knocked out one cultist, then then I got knocked out. And then all of a sudden you're left, it ended up being between Vanessa and uh, Bert, which is the high priest, and, the, and Vanessa was the person who was trying just to just be the last to survive. I will say this. What's interesting is it's not elimination uh, because if you're killed, you come back as a wraith and a wraith will have three die that they can use to help out players at the table. They'll still roll, but they'll have them in their pool and each wraith have a certain ability like here, I can give you a die on your turn or I can spend a die of this type to cancel a die that you're getting ready to use of the same type. So at least you stay engaged the whole time, which I really appreciated. I love the theme because it's it's very Cthulhu theme. So if you like Bang the Dice game, want to try something that's in the similar vein, uh, you might want to give this a shot. Again, it kind of went longer than what we wanted to on the table with five of us, but uh, uh, we still didn't. Oh, bye. The production is amazing. The, the, the yeah, dice. Those
2: dice were pretty. Those dice were pretty.
1: Very pretty dice. The ritual boards have little uh, dual-layer boards for putting the little cubes to count the number of times you use it. The art is absolutely stunning. So I, I got to see it Origins glad i got to uh, try it out cult of the deep from ba games so tony that was kind of quick hits of some of the uh, some of the games that we've played however there are two games that we kind of want to feature uh in this episode uh, that we played yesterday so let's let's do a quick uh, word from one of our sponsors and we'll come right back to it <music> Alright y'all, you're gonna start hearing about this a lot but you you gotta start getting prepared I don't know when it's happening but every year there's always a big Black Friday sale, well that was kind of a stupid statement, I don't know when it's happening but every year there's a Black Friday sale (laughs) so
2: logically, I wonder if it happens on a Friday Marty, (laughs)
1: logically you would deduce (laughs) that a Black Friday sale would happen on Black Friday which is the day after Thanksgiving here in the US, so Wow, okay, yeah, they always have really amazing sales. It's ridiculous just how every week there's always a big sale of something. Like I'm looking at right now, there's 30% off clearance items, and you know why they're probably doing 30% off clearance items so they can make room in their warehouse for all these games from Essen that are getting ready to come out that are on pre-order right now and to make sure they have enough stock set up for all the big sales that they're gonna have for Christmas. So please go sign their mailing list and get updated when a big sale comes out. And you can do that over at miniaturemarket.com. This segment is sponsored by Game Toppers, which is a good thing, Tony, because we're getting ready to talk about Art Nova, which was a table hog. And thank goodness we had the big old Game Topper mat on my large gaming table to be able to beautifully display all the cards and the game board uh, uh, for this game. I'm telling y'all, if <laughs> you might want to go check out GameToppersLLC.com if you're going to be at, want to play Arc Nova to get one of their larger uh, Game Toppers uh, because... This game takes up a lot of space. And if you got space already, then check out their game mats because it's nice playing on this big, large mat to spread out this large game. Yeah. If you want to go find out more, go check out GameToppersLLC.com. And if you want to find out more about Arc Nova,
2: Tony's going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell him about it. Oh, yeah. Like you made me do the teach of Arc Nova. Okay, fine. Well, and nice. I appreciate that. That thing was a
1: beast, dude. You you did a really good job on the Teach of Art Nova. I
2: I don't know about that. Uh you know, you always get through it and there's there's these little things, but we always know that about any games that we do, right? Yeah. So this of course, like if anybody needs to know what this game is, this is Art Nova. Capstone Games, designer is Matthias Wiggy, W I G G E, Wiggy. Wiggy, 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 Buck Rogers. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I do know what you're saying.
2: Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. First off, 303 videos in Board Game Geek. Ooh, for Nova. Yeah. Over 1,880 posts in the forum, 83 individual files for this game.
1: Jeez. Now I will say, y'all, we are hitting this game late. I know that you've probably heard every other reviewer and content creator. Go over this game ad nauseum. And you're probably going to think, what can you guys add to the discussion? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) But we'll at least give you (laughs) hot thoughts on the game. Because I'm sure there are others that have had way more uh, insight to this game or, or be a little bit more... Talk about the game more intelligently, but we can tell you our thoughts on the game. And I'm excited, Tony, because everybody has said this is their game of the year. I said, "All right, okay. we got to try this because if it's everybody's game of the year, we got to see what everybody's talking about."
2: And this is one of the games that I, you know, I picked up. It was on sale at Miniature Market, I believe, or some deal. And I said, "Well, I've heard a lot about this, especially from." Everybody has talked about it from a two-player aspect. And that, I said, well, Don and I, that's two players. I think I should give this a try. It's, I've also heard it's not as meteor In our Discord channels. Chevy Dodd, good friend, was sitting there talking about it a lot, talking it up. And so were a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you've had your head in the sand like an ostrich, which they don't really do that, by the way. Which there's, And there's an ostrich
1: in this game, I think, probably. I think, uh, I'm sure there oh is. My oh, my gosh, God. the number of cards in this game is ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go I,
2: ahead. No, no, and I'm this is kind of like the teach. You and Nate were just going back and forth with one another about you, you were catching up and doing all that kind of stuff. I'm just looking at y'all going, What are you doing? What are y'all doing over there? But anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: We we met that was the first game of the day. We hadn't seen like Nate in a while. So we were talking and trying to catch up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tony's like staring at us, Can I teach the game now? It's like, sorry, sorry, go ahead.
2: Five actions, five cards. And there's one action with cards, which allows you to get new zoo cards into your hand. Build, which allows you to build containment centers for um, enclosures, kiosks, pavilions, things like that that you could take. You can put your animals in your zoo. You can go do the association, which allows you to um, associate to other zoos or do conservation projects. And then there's these special sponsor cards, which are mixed in with the animal cards that allow you to raise money for your zoo or raise special um, items, victory points at the end. So when I was teaching this, I led off with how to calculate the victory points at the end. Because Marty, first off, I thought this was unique and I had, I never understood why people were sitting there having negative points at the end of the game. I just I I, I wasn't going I didn't understand it.
1: There was a game that we played God many years ago. Oh, it just left me what it was called. It was kind of a city building game, and points were always low when they were negative because it was hard to get in the positive. And I thought it was going to be that same sort of thing, but it's not. I love the scoring and how the scoring works in this game and how the end of the game is triggered. I thought this was really clever.
2: Right. So you, you take your appeal and then you subtract out. You take your you, appeal. P-I-L-L? Am I, am I, how are appeal? A P P E
1: A L. Okay.
2: Listen, only <laughs> – I put up with this from Donna in my southernness. <laughs>
1: No, you you said it fine. I I could have swore I didn't hear the a when you said uphill. I thought you said you take your pill, and I thought it was it was getting too late, and we had to be taking our senior citizens pills or something.
2: I sh- I should have taken a pill before I started playing that game.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Your <laughs> appeal marker. Your score. Yes. Go ahead. How,
2: how, how appealing your zoo is. Yes. Versus what type of conservation person you were, mm. and you subtract that, which is based on the appeal where your conservation racket. It, Anyway, that's, um, so so I was like, okay, I need to explain this to everybody so that they know that and know that there's some in-game scoring.
1: It will take a while for us to figure out how that worked, about how you had these two scoring tracks on the board and and you have a marker for each of the scoring tracks. And when the game is triggered, you explain, you're going to take the value of where this marker is and subtract the value of where this marker is. And then we quickly went, oh, so we're starting out with a lot of negative points right in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So you got to take one marker and move it up as high as you can in value, and you're trying to get the other one as low as you can in value, right? So that when they pass by each other,
2: then you'll be in the positive at that point. It's in the game. And then you and Nate started going in on, well, where, where's the break-even point? Where does it look good? Where do you, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Understand. Well, we did find the break-even points. <laughs> i ju- I just know the break even point when I was nowhere near it, so I guess also for me, Marty is I did not recognize even though i've there's over you know uh three hundred videos on this thing, just how hard the con- conservation track is, which is the one of the the ones how to move the conservation mm. I was not understanding that I was getting behind, and I was getting worried. And then I knew I was going to have a huge amount of negative victory points. Now, did you find the conservation track difficult? No, make? I found the conservation track easy. Yeah, you suck.
1: Now, well, here, but here's the thing I was struggling on the appeal track. I wasn't getting a lot of animals put into my zoo. It's the animals that give you appeal. I was trying to set up this really cool engine. It kind of worked at one point. I actually got to trigger an engine that was a really satisfying turn, but I wasn't getting the, um, animals into the zoo. And each time you put an animal to the zoo, it'll probably give you a pill points. Instead, I was taking these other actions that was driving up my, um, my my conservation. I see where you struggled. And about halfway through the game, I realized, holy cow, I've really got to start putting more animals. Now, we didn't mention this. Everybody has their own tableau. So it's a right. little uh, hex map. And you actually take buildings and you build different shaped buildings of a size 2 hex, 3 hex, 4 hex, 5 hex. And then the animals require a certain size containment to be put into. So you may get a hippopotamus to say, well, if you got a hippopotamus card, it needs to go into a size five containment. So you can spill build a building action to take one of those five sizes, put it on your board. Then you can put the hippopotamus into it and like put your marker and indicate, okay, there is an animal in this containment. So that's kind of how all that works together. And I really like each person building their own zoo, which I thought was kind of cool.
2: Yes. And so the animal action, you know, all all what you can do is to de- determine based on the strength of the card based on where it is on your tableau. That was the other. I don't think that's unique. I but I I couldn't think of something. There's the other games similar to that, right? No, uh, you're talking about how the
1: five action cards work in strength. Yeah, they, oh. they, they
2: work in strength. They're in your tableau and there's numbers and they're civilization under Civilization New Dawn. That's it, right.
1: It, it's it was like I said, "Holy crap, this Civilization New Dawn." And I, who was it that said who acknowledged that was it was uh it was uh Nate. Nate said, "Yep, this is exactly like I like, "Holy cow, I love this action selection." So you, Those five actions you always have, and they're ordered one through five, the higher value that you take that action, it's more powerful. As soon as you take it, you move it all the way down to the one spot and shift everything over up one uh, to the right. So you take an action, it shifts, and then it's not as good anymore. But as long as you keep taking actions that are after it, it'll start going up again. Just like Civilization Dawn, which I absolutely love. But Tony, I also love the fact there are several spots on the board where you can take one of your actions and flip it over to the two side
2: and then the action's even more powerful. And we still, and someone can correct us, we could only find where you could upgrade four of the five cards. And there may be five. I couldn't find it. I don't know where it was, but you, you can't.
1: On the boards, we all looked and saw four spots, whether it be covering up spots on your board or... Or passing certain or taking your conservation marker and passing certain points on the conservation track. As you moved up the conservation track, you get little bonuses. One of them was to be able to flip one of your cards to the two side. That's an example of that.
2: Which is something I want to point out. That's the first thing on the conservation you pass. You have a choice. You can either release one of your associates, you hire a new associate, or you upgrade a card. That seems like you always want to upgrade your card. And the reason for this is because in order to do certain things in the various, either the build or the association or the sponsor, you've got to have those cards upgraded to go to the next level.
1: Perfect example of this is the building. So to build like a large aviary or the big reptile, you have to have a building flip to the two side to even unlock that ability.
2: Right. Or put it on a certain place on the map. One thing I like about the maps were... Even though we all play you all play the same maps, there were a whole bunch of maps in the board, and I like the fact that, hey, you just can't place all your tiles wherever you've got to account for rocks and water and some of the animals required to be next to a rock and be next to water, or better yet, they need to be next to two rocks, so you've got to figure all that out,
1: yes, and uh also like there were different maps that's really cool, so you could start with a different map every time and you have to lay out your zoo a little bit differently. I also really loved how. Uh, the phase, you played, the, played through the phases of the game, but there was a break time marker that uh, every time you took one of the actions, it would move the, uh, the break marker up to. Mm-hmm. And once it moved up a certain amount of numbers on the track, depending on the number of players, you stopped play and then you did some resolution stuff. You did us some cleanup stuff. And then you actually went through an income phase to where if you've gotten some cards into play that allow you to get some incomes or unlock spots on your on your uh, uh, tableau that gives you some income. Then that's another way to to maybe generate victory points, generate money. And also this is where uh, if you have a kiosk on your maps, you're gonna get income based on the different num- different types of buildings or containments that are around your kiosk. So I like that thing. It's not was in a set time of when that happened. It's just eventually when the break marker hit a certain point on the track, everything just kind of stopped and we did kind of a reset.
2: And it was good to take a break from all that planning, from all that strategy, getting cards, getting the animals or the sponsors, you had the capability. Now, I don't know if you liked that mechanism where when you took the card action, you could either draw from the top and depending on the strength of the card, or you could do a thing called snapping, which lets you take a card in your reputation area, which is something we haven't mentioned. You also are building up reputation, which gives you access to the various cards based on snapping. But also, you had to build your reputation to unlock other things, and mm-hmm. oh, so you so so it's like any other game. And I, I I hate to say it, it's like any other game where you are moving stuff to unlock special actions to, that will help you advance your zoo, advance your next turn as you continue to play the game to try to score the most victory points over everybody else. And the end of the game is triggered as soon as one person's markers
1: pass each other on the scoring track. Yeah. Uh, as soon as that happens, that person basically just took their last turn. Everybody gets one more turn, and then the game's over, and then you evaluate. The end of the game scoring is really simple. There might be some cards you have in play that gives you some in-game scoring points, and after that, you just take your two markers on the board, subtract one from the other, and
2: then that, that's your total. And for us, I think, what was the high score? Was it 20-something points? I think Nate got twenty something points. I had minus seventeen. I was the I was the dark horse. Yep. Myself.
1: Yeah, and I had like minus five, minus six, something like that. And I think Burt was in the positive too. So now
2: after playing it, oh, I see. Oh, that's why his scores are so low. Hmm. And do we understand why everybody likes it so much? Now you and I both have one beef with the game. Yep. Yeah, we do. No, nothing against the game. Yeah. Well, we have one beef with the game. Nothing against the game. Well, I guess we do. The biggest thing for four players was that game was on the table way too long for me. Yep, I agree. Way too long.
1: I agree. With, after the teach, it was three and a half hours. By the way, this is just our thoughts after one game because again, y'all have heard ad nauseum from everybody else about this game. So this is just our quick thoughts on it. If we played this again immediately, even if we cut 30 minutes off the play time, three hours I felt was still too
2: long. It was long. I don't know why I felt that. Maybe it began to get, get uh, I hate to use the word repetitive, but maybe that's what it was. I needed to do this. I needed to do this action to then increase my appeal or decrease my, con- or increase my conservation. I will admit one thing I did not do well was to get, because we even said this, I don't see where the engine building is, but Nate had an engine, certain cards He was able to get certain cards that gave him. When I did this, this kicked off, this kicked off, this call. You'd had that as well. I did not do that. I, I kept drawing freaking animals. I never got a petting zoo on the f- thing. You would not want to come to my zoo because I did not allow you to have pet any animals. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's one of the cl- things
0: where
1: you can combine things. It's like you almost want to focus on something. I had a petting zoo to where every time I got a, another petting zoo type animal on the board, there was one that said, hey, you're going to get three appeal mm-hmm. points for each one you have in play it gave me like nine points which was pretty big i also had these cards where it was about aviaries hey if you got all these birds you get something special oh we didn't mention there's also the animals have to be in certain continents so you have to unlock certain cons. and there's also requirements mm-hmm. most of the cards have a certain requirement to play it's like okay to play this card you need to be showing like two other cards in play that have the North American emblem on it to be even be able to play it sort of deal. So mm-hmm. there's these cost requirements uh, with like uh, not only money, but mm-hmm. having other power or icons in play to be able to even put those cards into play. Mm-hmm. So you start out with smaller animals and then over time as you have more of these on the table, it gives you the ability to play bigger cards. Here's the thing. The whole time I was playing, I was enjoying myself. But then after it was over, it's like, when will I have a chance to play this again? This is not a McAllisters game for us. The Mm -hmm. table is just too big for the table, and there's no way we could get it in in three hours. That's where I wish I can experience this same type of game in 90 minutes to two hours, and it would be absolutely perfect for me.
2: And I kept hearing Bert talk about Terraforming Mars Mm -hmm. and how it compared to Terraforming Mars. Now, it has been a few days since I played terraform. I mean, it's been a long time. It's been time like since years for me. Yeah. Years for me. So I have no reference to terraforming Mars. I, I want to try it with Donna. I think it is a game that she can understand. So that's a big positive. She's not a heavy, Euro heavy type gamer like that. And I can think I can teach it to her in such a way that by just doing with those simple actions, she can get the gist of it. Now, can she pull off the combos? Can she get the, she understands set collection because she plays Ticket to Ride. She understands all that. That I think is what is the brilliance behind the game is all the underlying concepts I've built on, we've built on, and I think it's an easy one for her to grasp. Two players has to be shorter. Has to be.
1: So I can't wait to see how long it takes for you uh, playing two players. So if you look at the play time on BGG, they say 90 minutes to 150 minutes that 150 minutes is four players. So if you
2: could get into two player game in 90 minutes, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So that was Arc Nova and our faults. Any parting shots, Marty on this game?
1: No parting shots at all. I thir- two things. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the action selection mechanism. I love having those five cards. I love how they vary in power from one to five. Uh, when you use one it slides all the way to the left. Love that. Love the scoring. I love the two markers on the scoring tracks. Start out heavily negative, and your goal is try to get them to where one's a lot further beyond where the other is, so you have positive points in the end. Those were the
2: two big standouts for me that I really enjoyed. What about you? So for me, I cannot wait to discover the 3,000 cards that came with the game. 3,000. <laughs> so I looked it up. It's two hundred twenty-five, 255 cards. That stack seemed like... It seemed bigger than 255, but yeah. It did seem big. There was a lot of uh, combos to explore, to discover, to discover on my own. I'm excited about that. I think this is one that will make it easy for me to get on the table later um, with Donna because I've always been daunted to try to play Terraforming Mars with her. So I think this one, based on its theme, I'm excited for that. And yes, this was one that I took a flyer on based on all the craziness, all the hype for it. So am I sad that I spent all that money or am I glad that I spent the money? I am very glad that I spent the money on this.
0: Five minute initiative begins in three,
1: two, one. Tony, I know you don't like head and roll. Games And I made you sit down during barbecue and play one with eight players. And the game that we played was the thing, the board game. This is not the same game as the thing infection at outpost 31. I know that they, you see them, they're going to look a lot alike. They are totally different. So we played the thing, the board game from Giesby Cicero and Andrea Crespi from Pendragon game studio and brought here to the U S from Ares games Again, this plays this plays one to eight players, sixty to ninety minutes. Well, it took longer than ninety minutes with eight oh players. Gosh, oh my! At the gist of this, you're gonna. Let's, I'm gonna talk about an eight player game. There are seven humans on the. If you've seen the movie The Thing, you're stuck in the outpost in Antarctica. There's one person who is the thing. Their goal is to infect as many people as they can and kill the humans. The humans are just trying to keep the base running long enough in order to call in the helicopter, send out an SOS to get the helicopter there so they can get the humans on board the helicopter
2: without any other aliens and get out of there alive. And the actions are simple. Everybody's gonna go to a room and they're either going to repair something or they're gonna use something, or if you're the alien, you're going to sabotage something. <laughs> exactly.
1: So you're going to be having. Uh, you have three cards that you're going to be dealt. Those cards can be either use, which is to use the action of the room. Say, for example, it's to add. Uh, fuel to the boiler room or it's to add food in the pantry or in order to call the SOS out to the the helicopter or to repair because over time there's going to be damage that's done to different areas of the room that allows you to remove damage markers so you're going to move to one of those rooms take one of the cards from your hand put it in front of the leader one person is designated as the leader Every person is going to do that. At the very, right after that, you're going to have an encounter phase. This is the interesting part of the game, Tony, because if you're in the room with somebody else, you've got two tokens that you will present to the other person. If you are human, the two tokens must be say that uh, they must be each of the tokens must be the human tokens. They're going to pick one up and look at it, say, "Okay, you're human." If you're the thing, uh, you can either put two human tokens or you could put. A thing token and a human token. And if the other person picks the thing token, instantly they're affected, and their role is now gone from human. Could be a thing and the whole goal of their game has changed from trying to get off the island to try to infect other people.
2: Hey, you also gotta search for items and weapons. All right. There's a picture of me with my head down. Hold on, on the let table. me ca- let me just finish
1: the uh, oh, keep Lord. your head on the table just for a second. Because oh. then this is kind of like a lot Battlestar to Galactica. All those car action cards that were collected, the leader takes, shuffles them, then flips them over one at a time and resolves them. It could be use, repair, or sabotage. He has to assign one to each of the people around the area. Uh, in each of the rooms. It may not have been, somebody may go into the room in order to use something. And he said, well, you know, what? you're not going to use it. Instead, you're going to do a repair. So the leader makes all these decisions. And then after that, everybody came, comes back to the leisure room and can start making accusations against each other. And if, if a person is accused enough, it drives their suspicion token all the way to the top of the track where then they have to play all their cards face up at that point. Or you could just do a test Tony, that's what you's talking about. You get flamethrowers and a wire. You can do a test on somebody, just like in the movie, to see if they're the thing where they have to actually have to reveal their role to, to uh, expose them. And exposed aliens basically just run around and wreak havoc once they're exposed. So that's kind of the whole gist of the game. You're playing through this. The crap is hitting the fan on the island. Humans are just trying to keep it going. And the aliens are trying to get as many of it as you can.
2: We're out of time based on the explanation. So that's it for the five minute initiative. And I'm good with that. That's how I feel. We're a fan of it, huh? You don't like those types of games. Uh, So everybody said he must've been an alien because he got excited near the end. And it was kind of like, we got to speed this game along. Eight's way too many. I'm sorry. Eight took a long time. Eight Eight did take a long time. time. It would probably be better.
1: Six, five or six. It's probably better for uh, this. It does feel like Battlestar Galactica or A Dead of Winter. Very much so those types of games. I just do think the interesting thing over Battlestar Galactica is you can actually infect somebody else. You can have an interaction with them and they turn on your team. And that's exactly what happened. So I was a thing. And the last interaction I had with two people, I converted them. And then the very last thing you do is when the helicopter is there, the people, with the person with the least, uh, that's lowest on the suspicion track, gets on the helicopter, helicopter, and then decides if the next lowest suspicion can get on the helicopter with them. And if he allows them, then they must decide together to elect the next lowest person on the suspicion track to get on. When it came to me, they said we think Marty is an alien. I said, well, you know, I think I'm a human. I should be able to get on the helicopter. Nope, nope. But what they do is they took the guy after me that I just infected. He got on the helicopter. He was an alien and aliens win the game. So at the end, it was very climactic and cool though. The dog infected me. Didn't mention the dogs. There are dogs roaming around and you reach your, you reach your hand into a, a token. There's only two infected dog tokens in the bag out of nine. And a lot of us pulled and got infected by the dog. That's
2: how I got infected. Mm-hmm. The alien never infected any of us. Matter of fact, the original alien left. He had to go home. <laughs> Because we were running long. <laughs> I did. As an alien, I infected other people. You know, you got Mark. That's all you got. Yeah. Because well, we went yeah. through there. Yeah. You That's got true. Mark. And and so, yes, I'm not a big fan of these games. And it isn't because it's not a good game or anything. It's just my play style. Yeah. Sitting there arguing over well, who do I think's this and who do I want that. There's not enough information out there.
1: Yeah. There's not. No. And no. You, you are very consistent. You didn't like Resistance. You just don't like those style of games. It does have a dead of winter feel to it because things are breaking down. You got to keep the food going and everything like that. Um, For me, I think I would probably want to play dead of winter over this one. I would like Mm. to try it with a few number of people and see if it goes smoother though and quicker.
2: I mean, the game's beautifully produced. Oh Mm. my heavens. This game is amazing. I don't want to say it was a game where I like some of the games where I just cannot stand them. I would do this one again, especially now that I know the rules. I think that's the other thing. You've got to slog through a lot of rules for such a simple game, like how the various weapons work and how the various testing works. You've got to really slog through that. And you see, you got to get that out of the way. Yep. Once that's out of the way, I think the game could be more enjoyable and it would become more interactive and a lot more discussion going on.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. It did take a while. Then you have to explain all the rooms do and how they Mm -hmm. work and everything like that. So, the teach uh, is kind of involved. So if you like these style of games, if you like the hidden roll games, I think thematically it's cool. A lot of the people sitting at the table had not seen the movie, so they just weren't getting some of the thematic stuff, the test mm-hmm. and everything. If you've seen the movie, I think it plays exactly like the movie. That's the thing. The board game from brought to us over to the uh, North America by Ares Games from Pendragon Game Studio. Hidden roll game just came out this year. Again, this is not the other thing game that everybody refers to. This is brand new. And if you think this might be interesting to you, just know the rules kind of a bit to get through. Play with less than eight players and you'll probably have a good time.
0: Five minute initiative is complete.
2: Portal Games US, that's where you go and find all them Portal Games. All the good games. We mentioned it earlier about the digital version of Niroshima Hex, still one of our favorite board games. Go check that out. Brazil, it's coming. It's been promised. We know it's coming. Get those pre-orders in, but go to the Portal website. Go ahead and say, hey, get me a Brazil copy here in the US. I'm really excited for that game. I played it at Gen Con. Been a while, but I want to get it back to the table. I think I can still remember it. Basilica, two player game. While Marty and I are sitting there waiting for the others to show up on game night, it's always nice to have a good two player game to just throw out on the table. Oh, it's just what, of course, Hex is but this game will take less time because Marty and I are kind of slow in placing our tiles for Niroshima Hex. Oh, and then of course, we've talked about Robinson Crusoe multiple times and being able to survive the island. So if you need a good co-op game or you want to introduce your friends this Christmas, think of a uh, Christmas gift, Robinson Crusoe. Oh, but wait, there's always time to be the cheap detective of the detective series and Halloween theme, a game Marty and I have yet to play, but someday we will. Stronghold and Dead. All those games can be found over at portalgamesus.com. So at our typical gaming nights at McAllister's, we will sometimes look at games and say, "Hmm, that's a good one for us to try. That's one of those that we're we're getting ready to go do. Seems simple enough. It's got some meat to it. We're going to put this on the table. And when I told Marty that the next game that we're going to play at McAllister's gaming night was a Rondell type game called Virtue, the art of governing from Super Meeple, designed by Pasquale, I think this is Ribralt. He was like, we got a Rondell? I'm in. Oh, all in. All in. Yes.
1: And the Rondell portion of this game did not disappoint
2: at all. It was very different and I loved it. And... Every person had a different rondel. We all didn't have the same one. Yeah, there are cards that you put on your rondel to start
1: with, and everybody may have started with different cards.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and where the where the actions on the rondel. Now we're getting into yeah. but I, I, do, I want, but I want to point that out is that everybody's rondel, the actions that are in this game were on different places and in different so different locations on there. So what you were doing versus what I was doing. Um, And the sequence of those events was different. It didn't make a hill of beans, though, to be honest with you, where they were. It was just different. But what was cool was you could change your
1: sequence. That's what really stood out to me. Because you have a tableau, and the actions for your rondelle are established by cards that you have in each of the five places on your rondelle. There's a way during the game to reorganize your rondelle to move cards around. So all of a sudden you can change the order in which the actions appear on the rondelle. That's the really sweet part to me.
2: And like we were talking about Arc Nova and the teach on this, I got to teach this one and I warned them. I said, all right, this, there's six actions. The actions are very straightforward. Is there six or five? There's actually six actions, but there's five on your board. Got
1: it. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. And I said, these actions are straightforward. However, there's all these little things underneath these actions. For instance, because you, the one you were thinking about was trade. Trade is not on anybody's rundown, but it's the way to generate money based on the number of ships you have Mm. from your cards. So you would gain money based on the number of ships. And that's something you can add, but you're covering up one of the other five actions.
1: Now, you said I didn't have trade, but I could go to the market and get a card that would give me the trade option. That's
2: right. So how does the game play? You, you have your Rondale marker. Yep. You can move it one or two spaces, or you could pay gold to move it. Or um, oh, what was the money called? Not florins, maybe florins. I can look it up here in a second in the rule book. But anyway, you could pay to advance a it. A florin, very good. Thank you. You could advance the marker one or two spaces. And then where you stop, you perform the action. Now, uh, I mentioned trade. The other five actions are govern, sponsor, trade, annex. Uh, well, let's trust say trade again. Annex, wage war, and my favorite, scheme. Mm. I don't know how you want to do this with the five actions to bore people on all the various actions.
1: Well, I'm not, let's just not go through them and list them. Let's just talk about them as we, as we talk about the game. So all right. one, So what is the goal of the game? you got a map. Of uh, I guess, Italy, Italy, it's yep, Italy, Italy. And uh, basically uh, this is during a time where you're governing cities and you're trying to go out and, and basically increase your influence. That could be one, done one of uh, two different ways. Mainly that's either through annexing or just going into a city and having your power greater than the power that's there in the city. You get to annex it and you get a token that uh, maybe give you a special ability uh, uh, for that city, or you can claim one. Through warfare, uh, where you can—that's what the siege action is, where you can go into a city and try to forcibly take it. And it may be a little bit cheaper to do it through warfare, but if you do that, there's there's some negative connotations to it. And if you do it through annexing, there's a little bit—it's more expensive. But it's uh you get a you get a bonus to doing that, and we can talk about what that is in a minute. So that's kind of the goal. You're starting out with a city, you're trying to expand across in Italy and trying to spread your influence through basically through annexing and warfare.
2: I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I remember the game, but for some odd reason it it didn't stick with me. Mm. And I don't know why that is because I really enjoyed doing this. Because when you're moving your action selection disc you are generating the resources that you need to be able to take the various actions that you want to do.
1: What and what you mean by that is is when you select a card there's a certain number of icons on the on the card mm-hmm. that's there and those number of icons that you have is basically the resources you have to spend to take the actions. The more icons you have, the more the better that action you're going to be able to take. But what's cool Tony is over the course of the game at the end of every round, you're going to be able to go to the market to buy cards. And these cards that you buy can be placed under the action cards on your rondelle which may give you additional resources or icon resources to use on that action. Or you can actually place them off to the side of your board. Mm-hmm. And you can spin those by flipping them face down to use the icons or resources that are on those cards
2: uh, to help make an action more powerful. Because when you're there, you're, you're right. You're using the resources provided by the cards where you land mm-hmm. and they're never exhausted. Right. And then you can supplement them yes. with the cards or the cities that you have annexed or taken <laughs> over.
1: Yeah. So remember we talked about the cities. Uh, I, I was trying to come up with a word with card or board or whatever. It's, it's just a little it's a cardboard token that has resource icons on it that can also be spent mm-hmm. in order to make an action better. And you spend those by placing them face down, which is actually one of the actions is to govern, which is take a certain number of your face down cards and flip them back up Mm -hmm. those, those annex tokens that you got. So that's how you refresh them to be able to use them again. Pretty straightforward. But that's how you pay for resources. But that's that's the clever part yes. to me. That was the yeah. really, of creating this engine of like, I need to have a bunch of these type of resources to be able to pull this off. So I'm going to go annex the city, get that city tile. Uh, also, now I have the resources I have to spend. Another thing that's really cool, Tony, is those cards that you, you can use to put on the side of your Rondell board for supplementing. If the cards on the right-hand side, and let's say I've used them and exhausted them, when my... Rondell piece passes by them going clockwise around the board. They automatically flip face up again. So that's how the cards that are supplementing your actions get turned back face up. So where you place them around your board is strategic too, because you mm-hmm. want to make sure that when you get to an action, they they are now face up to be able to use them for that action.
2: That's the govern action. The sponsor action is you're moving up your token on the patronage board, paying those resources. And that's, that's simply unlocking things or getting you victory points. Yep. That, that one's pretty straightforward. One of the biggest thing when I say unlocking, you're unlocking a patronage person, an artist, or a public work. You have sponsored that. And then those capabilities are coming in, and they may give you lasting benefits. Like Leonardo da Vinci, he provides a war bonus. Yeah. So when you go out and do war, he's going to give that to you. Or better yet, let's talk about, oh, I don't know, um, Nicholas Copernicus provides an additional resource space on your board. You know, where you were talking about those cards, placing those mm-hmm. cards, he, he unlocks one of those spaces for you. Yep. So that was simple. I've talked about trade. You've talked about annex. Yep. Where you go out and you annex other cities to get those resources. The power of the annex, of course, is the city tile does not come back to you exhausted. Where the war action. Yep does wage war that does exhaust wherever you were. So
1: getting the city tile face up with annex is a big deal because then you haven't got to spend a governed action to use it. If you mm-hmm. get it via warfare, it comes in face down. So it's not even usable till you take your first governed action. When it comes to the warfare, it's kind of a standard warfare thing. You count up your strength versus somebody else's strength. If your strength is higher, you're going to get the city tile, et cetera.
2: Scheming is where you put spies out onto the board. This one ticked me off, you jerk. <laughs> Thank you. This one is really cool, but you ticked me off. Go ahead. So, scheming. You can scheme by putting a spy in a city, which will help reduce your war effort to, to take control of a city or to annex a city because mm-hmm. there's a cost to it. Or you can scheme on someone else's rondale, oh, which blocks them, blocks them from using a action, like the govern, which allows them to flip tiles back over, And they have to use their own scheme action to kick the spy out of their court. Or you can scheme on your board to block somebody from using your uh, blocking one of your actions. So, yeah, scheming is that interaction.
1: Yeah. And so, a very simple idea of talking about these resources that you spend. Uh, Let's say if I take a scheming action and the cards I have on my scheming action, maybe it shows two of the scheming icons. That means I can either remove or place up to two of my agents. So uh, I could remove like Tony's agent that's from my board and then maybe place another one. But say I want to do even more than that. And those cards I have on the side that help me supplement. If some of those have scheming icons, I can turn those face down and add that to my resource pool to the number of scheming resources that I have. And for every one I have, I can put more agents out on the board or remove other people's agents. So that's kind of how the whole resource mechanic works. Mm -hmm. Scheming is the cool player interaction portion of this game it there is potentially combat we didn't do that a lot because combat was costly because you had to get a military out on the board and also the bigger your military is you had to feed them
2: Mm -hmm. and and even the designer uh, when he was responding to some of the bgg posts on the forum he even said that it needs to cost you it shouldn't be easy right I mean it should be an inconvenience. It's not super easy. It is an inconvenience. So after everybody takes an action, you resolve sieges or war and for instance, let's just talk the war was probably one of the more complicated things to resolve so mm-hmm. so walk through that. But one of the neat things for me about the war was that if I move into a city, you can move your troops into that city as well. Mm-hmm. And we would battle on the plains and if one Army is still left standing. They could then siege the city. Right. Yeah, we did not do that. Certain areas could not be annexed. Pirates. Pirates. They were, o- pirates. They yep. were occupied, by the pirates' holdings. So you had to go siege that, and you had to have your ships to be able to move them, so you needed cards with ships. So after all the sieging's done, after everybody took their action, after we resolved all the combat, we are done with our first action. It moves very fast. And then you move into the cleanup or winter phase. Okay, there's also in there to purchase tiles, purchase cards.
1: Ah, oh, yes. You go, go, that. that's, how, that's how you basically supplement or make your actions even better. You go to the market, spend those, and then you, this is where you can rearrange your board.
2: That's the winter phase. Yeah. yeah.
1: There yeah. in the winter mm-hmm. phase. You can now rearrange your board. It's like, oh, I just took my scheme action. I really want to take it again. Well, I'm going to shift it so I'll be able to take it sooner this time around pick up your cards and move them around, which I loved. I loved that because it made planning easier for the next round.
2: Right. And one of the things we, we didn't do it right. Cause you know, it's one of these little rules is about how you, in order to move cards or when you buy a card, it comes to your side to supplement the palace. You couldn't put it straight in the palace. Right. So you always needed a spot for them. And, and if then, it was
1: face down, they couldn't be uh,
2: reorganized. Right. So you had to plan for that. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of strategy, a lot of thought about, okay, on my next turn, I'm going to be doing this movement. So do I want to buy this card? Do I have a spot for them? But by moving the people around the outer edge of the board, you can take advantage of the resources. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things to do during the winter phase or the cleanup phase. And then, you know, you can buy some more troops. You can form alliances, which we did not do. We completely ignored that because our brains were so trying to understand how to do all these actions and moves and to manipulate for our next turn that I I just seriously, this is one of those games that I really want to play again. Yeah. When, when you said, when, there, there, yeah, there's so much to discover. Sorry.
1: No, I was going to say, uh, when you said alliances, uh, people may automatically assume it's between players. It's not, no. there's a section on the board where you can form alliances with major powers in that regions and the way you do that is by spending a certain type of resource if you had them available to be able to make quote an alliance with them which gives you an a special ability it was just very costly to do that and none of us had a good resource engine to be able to make those alliances effectively useful
2: overall once again we've seen all these type of mechanics and all that but how they are put together very interesting very enjoyable and enough interaction i think for me It wasn't heavy war. It wasn't always in your face, but the the scheming was nice. It gave you that interaction. You had to think through that, how you wanted to use that turn because you knew that if Marty wanted to go over there and he was going to need his resources and it was my turn, hopefully my scheme would come up and I could go block him. Or if I knew that I needed to get the resources, I needed to do something to keep him off my board. Or, oh, I was going to wage war, so I need to go over to do that. Very intriguing. A lot there, a lot there.
1: And I, like you said at the very beginning, everybody does start out with some different actions and play in in different order, which kind of might help you say what direction you want to go. What do you really want to be very strong in? Maybe you want to be very sc- strong in scheming or very strong in trading or be very strong with military power. Right from the get-go, you might decide to really focus heavily on this one action Go buy cards that give you tons of those types of resources for that action so that you can be very good at it uh, when you take the turn. Again, my thing is the way that I take my turn is what really makes games interesting to me now. And just like the other games I've praised in the past, this Rondell is really clever. I've done Rondells before, but I've never done Rondells where I can change the order of the actions on them. And I thought that was really cool. And all the whole uh, supplementing of resources with cards on the side that would automatically flip face up again once you pass them on the rondale. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. to me that was the sweet part of this game.
2: Sweet Components, it's a super meeple. I mean, the little warriors were cut out with little spears. You know, the schemes were masked. The artwork, beautiful for this game. I haven't heard a lot about this. I think it's still no. out there on pre order. Um, and so if you like a type of game where you're, where you're, I don't want to say you're by yourself because of the interaction, right? But it it's not it's not something where it's a constant, like I've already said. I hate to go back to that, but it's not always in your face. I can do my thing, but I gotta pay attention to it. To it what is what you're doing.
1: Not on pre order. It is available right now okay. in miniature market. It is uh available there for sixty two ninety nine, which is a little bit on the mm. higher end for board game. It is like you said, the components are super nice, and I do think there's a lot of replayability in this. Uh, because you could play, uh, every time you could play with, with the different starter things, you could focus, uh, the the market will be different every time. There's a lot of different cards that could affect the market and what cards you you use to add to your tableau and everything. So I do think there's decent replayability in this
2: game. So, I'm sorry, did you just say the market's different?
1: What What I'm saying is there's a lot of cards in the market to choose from. So mm-hmm. the things that you focus on each time you play could be different based on the cards that you buy.
2: We mentioned the market, but one of the things is you always have access to all the cards in the market. It's not like a, a random market's coming up. They're they're laid out before you. If you want to go, except for one, the Pope, there's only one Pope, everything else, you can get an archbishop, whatever you need for that. So once mm. again, it builds to your strategy. They ain't cheap, but you got to think about that. Yeah. So once again, that is Virtu from Super Meeple. We both really enjoyed it. Yeah, don't
1: let this fly under the radar. I, I do I do think this is something that you might want to check out, especially if you like. What? Well, how long did it take us to play? Ninety minutes? Two hours? Two hours max. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a shorter game than Arc Nova that we just talked about, but very rewarding.
0: What kicks off the holiday season for us?
1: Uh, Hallmark movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I was thinking more even
1: before that.
0: I, yeah. Just like October 1st. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. October 1st is like, holiday, what is your number one complaint about my holiday wish list? Or not holiday, Christmas wish list. Like you're always, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do I always say? A jewelry. <laughs> like from the time you met me. Yes. That has been since I was five years old. Oh. There are pictures of me with little plastic rings from the gumball machines on every finger.
1: I miss those. Did you always get, did you went to the grocery store and stuff? Did you always ask for a quarter so you could go to the machine?
0: Every single
1: time. Me too. But instead of jewelry, I wanted to collect the little football helmets or stuff that you would get. I
0: wanted those big rings that look like, I can picture them in my mind. It looked like a giant sapphire with little pearls around oh, yeah. it. That's what it looked like. I loved those rings. I love jewelry. I love anything with stones. I love anything sparkly, and you know what else I really, really liked? This
1: is a segue that I'm really digging. What's that?
0: Splendor oh. duel. <laughs> and
1: why is that?
0: Because it involves gemstones. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump in real quick and say you would say token. I would say it cost a diamond and a pearl. Yeah, you see- and a sapphire and a ruby and an emerald and an onyx.
1: Dang. And here's the sad part. <laughs> I probably couldn't name all those. I could probably get emerald and ruby. I would forget blue is what, sapphire? Uh-huh. Yeah. Black is. I do. Yeah. yeah and you would too. I just give me a red. Give More me light. a blue. G- give give me, me a black. Rainbow, right, right, right. I'd buy two of them blacks and one of them white ones over there.
0: All right. So whoop. Yes. We just played Splendor Duel. Splendor
1: Duel, that is published by Space Cowboys, designed by Mark Andre and Bruno Catala. Now. Did you ever play the original Splendor? I did. For anybody that played the original Splendor, this game is immediately going to feel very familiar to them because you're spending gems to buy cards. The cards will enable you to have access to even or generate more gem resources to buy the more expensive cards for the whole goal of, well, actually in this game, there's three different ways to win, which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed this game. But this game is strictly just for two player.
0: So for me, I remembered the name Splendor and I think it's been it's been so long since I played it I actually forgot how mm-hmm. but there were pieces that I remember. I remembered you would collect stones in order to buy the cards in order to get your points, crowns, etc. But I forgot the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. So playing this today like you, I especially liked that there were three ways that you could win. It was either by A getting 20 points, Mm-hmm. From whatever, from the color. cards, yeah. typically, yeah. yep. Ten cards of the same color.
1: Ten points on cards of the same color. Oh, yes,
0: ten points because there were points on the cards. People, some of that, <laughs>
1: yeah. The more expensive ones, the basic ones didn't get a lot. The basic ones didn't give you points or collecting 10 crowns. So here's one thing that's different. There is now a board in the middle of the table and that board is filled with the the, the gem tokens. So at the very beginning of the game, you fill out the board.
0: And it will show you how.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. it, it kind of goes from a spiral like the from, the, from the middle of the board.
0: Can I say that I really like the board? It's a compact game. It's mm-hmm. a small game. Easy to carry. Smaller
1: than the Splendor box. I could
0: put it in my purse. Yep.
1: Yeah. Way smaller than the original Splendor, which actually there was a complaint with the original Splendor. It was, being, it was too much. It was too big for the amount of contents oh. in there. Oh, no. Yeah. They've shrunk this down to everything mm-hmm. fits compactly into this bag. So anyway, so you you pull these gem tokens out of the bag to fill up the board because on your turn, the way you get these tokens is you claim three non-gold tokens, that are in a row horizontally, diagonally, or vertically. And it can be unbroken. So there can't be a gap between any of the uh, tokens. And you can take up to three. So anywhere one, two, or three. They just must be adjacent to each other. If there's a gold one there, you can't claim it because that's a separate action in itself.
0: And are you ready for me to say what that action is? What is, is that action? action? You can claim a gold. It's not a token, it's gold. Mm-hmm. So you can uh you can claim a gold and put it on any card and reserve it to...
1: Purchase in a future turn. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is reminiscent of, of <laughs> Splendor. You can reserve cards in Splendor too.
0: And that, people, was an example of Marty finishing my sentence. We just looked at each other and he knew that I forgot the word purchase. purchase. <laughs> which should go well with diamonds and stones and purchase, but my eyes glazed. <laughs>
1: So, on your turn, you must do one of three things: either pick up the tokens, either reserve or purchase a card that's out on the board or uh the one that you have in reserve and again, just like the original splendor, you purchase those cards because they can generate gems for you in future turns to buy those more expensive cards and then, at that point, it's a race to one of those three victory conditions
0: so let me ask you this because I forgot we you also have some optional turns. Was that in the original Splendor?
1: No, there was not an optional action because they added these things called privileges. It's three tokens uh, that and you can like earn. they
0: squir- uh, squirrels, <laughs> scrolls, didn't they? Yes,
1: they did. Yes, they did. And what happens is, how, how are those earned? Well, one is that board's going to empty. It doesn't automatically refill. An optional thing you can do is refill the board.
0: And if you do that, the other player gets the privilege.
1: Correct. Uh, there's also, if you take two pearls from uh, the board on your turn, well we found out pearls are pretty important because there's only four.
0: No, <laughs> in this, two. Oh, it there's only, only two. two That's right. Yeah, Two pearls, four onyx.
1: And uh, so if you take two pearls, the other person gets a privilege. And the other one is if you take three of the same color gems, the other person gets a privilege. So optionally, at the beginning of your turn, you could turn in a privilege to take any non-gold token on the board of your choice. And that's, that's really the only thing that privilege does.
0: But it, it that was pretty sweet. That
1: was pretty sweet because you could do that to get just one and then on your main turn, grab three other different ones.
0: And you and I kept wanting the other person to fill the board so that the yeah. other person would get the privilege. Right. We were trying to get it ourselves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you were hoarding the blacks over there, the <laughs>
2: onyxes. <laughs>
0: We'll we'll get to that in just oh, a minute. Okay. So now also on the cards, some of the cards that you purchase have special icons that depict a special movement or action.
1: Uh, take another turn, claim a gem of the card that you just purchased.
0: Or take a gem from another player.
1: Steal it. Yeah. Or, or one was just gaining one of the privilege tokens.
0: Of the same color,
1: no. A privilege token, the scroll. Oh, privilege. That's right. That's
0: right. That's right. That's right.
1: All that does make the game feel just a tad different, especially that board. Because used to on the original Splendor, you just take three gems of different colors, or take two gems of the same color just from the supply out there. This makes it well. It's like well, the three that I want aren't together. So how did I get? You know, how do I grab the ones that I really need this turn?
0: So let's talk about our game. Yeah, I want to tell you what I did. Yeah, I hoarded. Just, so <laughs> we have like three levels of cards to purchase. Yeah. So say the bottom level, they didn't have points, but you were you would be able to generate gems just to have in your in your stock all the time. Yes. I was not good at collecting those. Mm. You you were. I just shot up to the third row and was like, I want that card. (laughs) I want that shiny, beautiful card way up there. What do I need to get it? And it was eight Onyx. So I didn't know at that time, like there were just limited number of each. So I hoarded the Onyx trying to get that big card. (laughs) And so
1: basically what that forced me to do is I needed access to Onyx. So then I started buying the cards that gave me the the Onyx. Now, I played probably more Splinter than what you have. I do remember early on, buy those cheap cards so you have access to a bunch of different types of combinations of gemstones so that you can use those to buy the higher level cards. I knew early on I had to buy those cards early, <laughs> but in the end, it didn't matter because you won. <laughs>
0: So, but, but that just
1: says a lot about my strategy
0: well but everybody though I was like so I knew that I was about to get that card as time goes on and I was getting more of how to get my resources and I I was like oh in t- two turns I'm going to get that one so I was doing it and then Marty just said uh Vanessa you can buy this card and you would win the game and I was like what what? I didn't get the, the other big card yet. So anyway, you told me that I could win because I was almost like. Well, it's also because I don't want to win that way. I want to win with the other one. <laughs> but I also
1: just bought a card from that third level, and that new card just happened to come out yeah. that had the exact so points you and needed, I, yeah. and you had the gems yeah. in, in place yeah. to be able to purchase it. Yeah. So hey, here's the thing: is I I do really like this two player version. Um, I I like the board element. I like the way you have to basically draft your tokens. The little privilege thing of uh it's the privilege token of giving it to the other person. I mean, it's not that big of a well, no, I guess it could be that big of a deal cuz if there's just that one gym that you need to oh, buy a absolutely. card and that doesn't remove your mandatory action. So I could spend a privilege, mm-hmm. get that one gym I need and then on my mandatory turn buy that card I really want.
0: So many options for strategies. I mean, it was I loved every component about it Mm -hmm. every task every and again optional turn
1: i've said it many many times on this show i love multiple paths to victory because it allows me to kind of change the strategy as i go originally i was going for 10 points in one color and then and then as the game went on it's like wait a minute i've already got like 15 points overall so forget that because the cards weren't coming out of the right color i needed to get my 10 points
0: and that would make each game unique because yeah. they're shuffled in. Because we had at one time, was it one row or two rows where you had to have a pearl mm-hmm. and we didn't have pearls. Yep. Yeah.
1: And we kept looking at each other. Are you going to refill the board? Because we know pearls are in the bag. When you spend your tokens, they go back into the bag. Yeah. And it's like, we, in order to get these pearls back out, somebody needs to refill the board. It's like, you do it. No, you do it. And the reason why the other person gets a privilege because the person that refills the board then gets their turn so they get the fresh pick of a newly filled board. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they give a little bit of an advantage to the other person for doing something like that.
0: But with us, there were times when there weren't many tokens in the bag.
1: Because you were hoarding them all.
0: I was just hoarding the onyx.
1: How many times did you have to, you can only have up to 10 gems and how many times did you have to return gems to the bag because you had too many? Several. So the only way I could get gems was to buy the cards and generate the gems.
0: And he would be like, "Refill the bag." And nope.
1: I mean, it's like she had a treasure chest over there, y'all, just full of little I gems. I told you
0: I like my gems and jewelry, so I was. Is it, I don't have them in real life, so I had to order them in the game. <laughs>
1: Oh, all right, y'all. Look, Splendor Duel. I think this is one of those games that once it was over, I think you really liked it. Uh, I
0: did. Oh, I enjoyed it. I think it you enjoyed
1: it as as yeah, the more yeah. we played it, and we and got it in, into it. So it, to me, it is different enough from the now, original. You said,
0: I enjoyed it from the beginning. Yeah, I enjoyed hoarding my onyx from the beginning because I got them like really quick because I spotted that beautiful card immediately. And I was like Napoleon three. Dynamite, the lady with the ship in the bottle. I want that.
1: <laughs> I love-
0: and I tried for it and I didn't get it because you pointed out I could win the game the step before I was getting it.
1: Vanessa and I <laughs> send the animated gif to each other all the time of the woman going, I want that.
0: Have you talked about Napoleon Dynamite before?
1: Ah, uh, every ten years, I'm sure. The Thing is, though, Tony hasn't watched it, or he didn't think it was. Or maybe he didn't think it was funny. That's what it was. He didn't. He, di- he just didn't. He didn't think it was funny.
0: Tony doesn't think anything's funny. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I take that back. Sorry, <laughs> right, Tony. You do. Um. Yeah. Tony's like, I don't think. Marty and humor, low, <laughs> low grade of humor is funny. That's what it is. Ah, a, a, nope. Huh, what,
1: oh. wait, or maybe Napoleon's high grade of That's humor. That's what
0: I think. <laughs> you have to be a very intelligent being to find Napoleon funny.
1: That's what I think too. But
0: We are so super smart. Because <laughs> <laughs> we laugh at Napoleon. <laughs>
1: Oh, Okay, well, this All has right. really gone off track. All right, Splendor Duel. This is from Space Cowboys. It's going to be out uh, very soon. Small box. It really is a good two-player game. Plays in 30 minutes easily.
0: Lots of fun. Keeping this
1: one on my shelf. I won't be yes. getting rid of this one. No,
0: no. Lots of fun.
1: Wizards just released the... Warhammer 40k Commander Decks uh, for Magic. I got them. It was kind of a pain to get because they were hard to find. Got a good deal. Been enjoying it. What makes it so enjoyable is that over at UltraPro.com, they're sold sleeves for each of the decks that matches the art of the decks, deck boxes that are decked out with the, in each of the four different factions, and play mats for each of the four factions I got the deck boxes and the sleeves. The sleeves are super high quality as they always are at Ultra Pro. The thing is, though, Tony, if you go and want to order those right now, they're sold out because those commander decks are super popular and those sleeves are super popular so you know what you need to do just like we always talk about with all of our sponsors you want to make sure to go follow the newsletter and uh, subscribe to their mailing list because when these things come out for pre-order big things like this like the warhammer 40k products you want to get in there and get pre-order so you get sleeves and everything but if you're not interested in that you can always go check out their other high quality products they're uh, the great sleeves, the binders. Uh, this month for October, the color of the month is black, so you can get black deck protectors and black deck boxes and everything. High quality products, high quality way to preserve all your stuff, whether it be card games or sports memorabilia. To find out more, head over to ultrapro.com.
2: BBQ is in the books. Which is a good thing, because if we had another one like that, I don't think I'd fit in my clothes. <laughs> that was intense. Good yeah, stuff. That was a lot of eating. And a lot of eating. Even even the games, maybe I didn't enjoy all of them, but it was fun. The people were fun. We had a great time. But you know, we can't always get together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to do something remote, like play video games. And by the way, it's your turn in Hex, Nurishima Hex. You started a game? You started the game. I accepted, and now I'm waiting for you.
1: Oh, I never got... See, here's the thing. I don't always get the update saying it's your turn. Oh. oh. Here, I'll take my turn while you talk about Ocean's uh, Digital.
2: Okay. One, one of my favorite games, um, board games, is Evolution. I enjoy that. I enjoy the battling of species building. I feel like a mad scientist. fits right in with the themes around here of the Halloween, where you're trying to get carnivores and you've got all these, uh, species that you're building and you're evolving them, things like that. Well, you know, North star games released oceans and now you can get it on various digital platforms. Well, they are now going to do an upgrade to that so that, Oh, I don't know. You will have the ability to go online with a deck builder that lets people customize oceans to create their own unique games. You know, Board gamers can now try one of the biggest board games in the past year for free with the reef and 20 deep cards, free to try, and it's ad free. That's the big thing. Then there will be a charge that will cost you 3 dollars for existing users, or for the full game price of $7.99, you'll be able to pick it up and play Ocean's. Which, Marty, I'll be honest with you, I have not played Oceans in a very long time. So I'm excited for this.
1: Yeah, me too. It's one of those things. I, I had, nice thing about games like this is it's games you haven't played in a while, they're easy to kind of get back into if it has a good tutorial, uh, kind of get you back into the flow of the game. Uh, I've played Evolution way more than I have Oceans. I've played Evolution a lot, the digital version uh, on Steam and stuff, and really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, this Oceans digital release.
2: I like the fact that they're letting people, you know, try this free. You can join one multiplayer game per day. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a way, is this for me?
1: So a lot, a lot of switch games are now doing like demos and stuff. So this is kind of a way to demo the game. It's not very expensive. If you want the game, it's only eight bucks. It's not very expensive anyway, but you know, if you want to try before you buy, you definitely
2: have that option with this. Uh, we did an evolution. Uh, didn't yeah. Don't we have evolution for, we did. for the switch? I thought we did. And we And we've played together on the switch. Yes. Yes, we have. And I, now, even though I enjoy this game, I'm not very good at it. Ah, uh, okay. But I'm not very good at many games, as evident from our Ark Nova talk. <laughs> Negative 20 plus points. That's so sad. That's the other reason why I want to get that on the table again. I can do better. Yeah. I know I can. You can. Oh, and when we talked about the thing, I'll admit, when I got bit by the dog, I got real giddy because it became a personal game for me to see... If I could get on the helicopter. Oh, that was my goal, dude. That was totally my, I was trying to play human the whole
1: time and trying Mm -hmm. to get on the helicopter at the end and go, Hey, we made it. And go, no, you No, you
2: didn't. And I was, I was doing my best to throw you under the bus during that game. i was saying, it's Marty. We need to, we need to do Marty. So I don't know. Is that, that's when I think that game turned for me. Okay. You know, the thing. It just turned for me when I became the alien.
1: That's when you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it?
2: Did enjoy it. started to enjoy enjoy it because I now had secret objectives.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I just, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Anyway. uh, So oceans (sighs) digital. Yes. uh, That's going to be coming out soon. Also, I got a key to a brand new switch game. That's just now coming out called Warhammer 40 K shooters, blood and teeth. You remember the old video game Contra? A a side-scroller shooter. That's exactly what this is. You're playing as an orc in the Warhammer 40K universe. Nice. Running around going, wah, and shooting things and just trying to get to the levels and kill a boss. Go watch a trailer for this. The animation in this is so good. It is very cartoonish and comical. It's over-the-top dialogue. It's funny animation. There's As you play the game, you can get credits to upgrade your weapons and get different weapons. Again, it's your typical, you know, scroll left to right shooter. Uh, it's it's kind of cool, though. You don't necessarily shoot straight ahead. Uh, you use the left thumbstick to move, right thumbstick to aim. So you could move to the right, but shoot back to the left sort of deal. Oh,
2: Robotron. Oh, Robotron.
1: A little bit of that, yeah, but... You, you're still moving left or right. You can't move up and down except by jumping. But it is that same sort of uh, thing. Uh, I've been playing today. I went through several levels, killed a couple bosses, upgraded my guns, having a good time. The problem is, uh, at the at the time of this release, it's not fully released yet. There's four player co op, and I think that will be a blast That's to funny. get online with three other people. And you could play couch co-op, so locally or remote. And I think that would be a lot of fun. It's coming out on Steam and for the Switch. I played it for the Switch. Now, my only issue is this. This is 0.9 version of the game, so it's not officially released at this point. So maybe when it does, it'll be a new version. But it takes two and a half minutes for that game to load. I thought my Ooh. Switch was broke. I thought it was stuck. So I shut it down and started it up again. and no, it just takes that long. So I wanted to make sure, is this really correct? So I shut down the game again, started it, starting a timer. Sure enough, it got to the title screen or the main menu. It took two minutes and 30 seconds to get to that point. I hope they fix
2: that because that is entirely too long to crank up a game that I want to play. That is a little long. Speaking of long, um, one of the things that we got to finish this up because I just got on my, my circa let's see when did Rebecca go to college when was that when did Adam go to college 2014 2000, Hold crap
1: it's been eight years it's 2014
2: all right so my 2014 year old laptop which was Rebecca's laptop in college uh-huh just which runs Windows 8 sure just gave me I didn't think they still updated this says that I've got an update that I need to install here I didn't know they would support Windows 8 This many years later, eight years later, but obviously they do. So, I mean, shoot, Google just told me on my Android phone, on my Pixel, that they're going to stop supporting my Pixel 3. So, you and I need to wrap this stuff up, dude, soon. Okay. Cause I got to get, I got to shut down this PC. And, matter of fact, last (laughs) time we record, somebody got real mad at me because I was late because it took my PC almost 10 minutes to reboot. Mhm. And he 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 looked at me. and He said, "Would you just buy a new PC? I have been on you for well over a couple of years to buy a new PC." I know. And I'm just like, "Why? Why do I need to buy a new PC?" And and you come back to me and say, "Listen. Dell has this incredible deal going on right now. Just go get one. Of, just spend some spend some of your hard-earned money." Get this new PC. I promise you will enjoy the PC games. I'm like, I got a switch, Marty. I got a PS5. Why do I need a new PC? Well, you could edit some of the videos you've promised you can, would do for me. Oh, okay, that's fair. I'll, I could do that. Oh, and Audacity, I bet will load up probably in less than five minutes too. Yes. Okay. See, see, so uh, I did. I bought a new PC. Woohoo! Woohoo! I'm so excited. Now it's not here yet.
1: You said it's not going to arrive for another couple of weeks, but I am so excited. So we're going to play StarCraft, and we could play like Diablo <laughs> Four together. And I've already told you you need to go and get Age of Empires so we can do some more RTSs. Oh, there's going to be so many games that we can play. I am so excited. We can play Guild Wars Two together. Oh, I, it's going to be like old times. I just got it into
2: the Blue Blood schedule. That's all there is. To okay, it. that's Start that's fighting. just
1: Friday night. You have six other days to play. We could do late night gaming again. It'll be f- okay. Late night game be like 8 30 to 9, something like that.
2: Well, for yeah, that's true. I, I, but what's scary, What is the most scary thing about getting the new PC is configuring it, right? Nope. This
1: is gonna do it's been so long since you. What's the l- last uh,
2: desktop PC that you had? Do you ever remember what it was? It was not a Gateway 2000. Was it a Pentium machine? It might have been a Dell. It was a Dell, but it was one of the Dells that required it to have special memory and all that they had all that s- okay stuff.
1: yeah so it was like proprietary stuff yeah, yeah. We're well beyond that you're just going to turn it on and it's going to work there is no setting up you're going to plug in the monitors you're going with with uh, windows 11 it's everything's going to set up so nicely and what's so cool dude is when you want to play games You want to play with mouse and keyboard? You can. You want to play with your PS5? You can configure it to play with it. You want to get the Xbox style controller if you like it? It plugs in and works with it, so you can play with any type of controller that you want.
2: Wait, so my PS5 will Bluetooth into this then? Is what you're telling me?
1: Uh, uh, I don't. Bluetooth or either hardwire in? Yes, one of the two. Yes, hundred percent. And with the games, uh, with games like God of War, some of the piece. PlayStation 5 being be to PC. We'll ha- uh, support the haptic feedback and everything.
2: I don't know what that is. You just spoke Greek. What, haptic? The,
1: vi- vibrating stuff, The
2: Oh, that scares me.
1: I am so excited. I am so excited. <laughs> oh, we could play Star... You got StarCraft Remastered, so we could go back mm-hmm. and play some co-op
2: StarCraft? I could actually go back and play some of my Steam games. Company yes. of Heroes.
1: And Company Heroes 3 comes out next year. We can play I don't some need new games.
2: games. We could play Company Heroes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You don't. Why do we, why, I mean, I've got so many old games. I got Borderlands 2, Borderlands. I mean, I've got a um, whole bunch of games. Have <laughs> you heard a game called Skyrim? You could play it. Skyrim. Have I heard of Skyrim? Yeah. I think I'm wounded to the knee. I don't, but I, I don't think I own that on the Steam. Really? Uh, no.
1: So you don't own a PC version of that.
2: But why? Because none of my PCs can run.
1: Oh my gosh. It'd be so funny when for the Steam sale, when Skyrim comes out for like less than $10, if you buy
2: it again, that'd be so funny. I will have it on every platform (laughs) Xbox 360, (laughs) Switch, PlayStation 5, and a computer. I can be on that wagon seven by 24.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny.
2: Oh, this is going to be good.
1: Oh, I'm looking no. forward to this. Oh, I'm, you could play Northgard. You got to buy Northgard. Yes, I already you, have it. Oh, that's right. Oh, you're going to love playing Northgard, dude. Oh, it is such a good modern RTS. And then you'll I play, heard that. And then you'll play the
2: board game and go, this is just like the video game. And we did that. I just heard it, but I never I had no reference to it. Well, now you will. Now I will. And now you promised me, though, that this PC is easy to upgrade when I have to upgrade it and I take, I see that's the other thing upgrading PCs has he won't you know, have to upgrade for years. Good. Now Donna is not happy with the size of this thing. Why? She was like, why didn't you get a lap? She goes, that's going to be a huge tower. Yes. Like, yeah.
1: To make it eat less expensive, easily upgradable.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, and I hear I have to run a special circuit for the cooling fans. No. Who okay. told you that? Nobody. I was thinking okay. I was gonna be I was going to be mining some crypto or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There ain't no way I'm doing that. No, no, you're gonna you're gonna be good. You're gonna be good. Get you a couple of good monitors in there. You will be set, and it'll be nice because you'll be able to just instant on. We can set up and start recording. Oh, it's gonna be good.
2: I am looking forward to it. I am looking. For getting out of the 2014s with my PC, see what it's all about. I'll, I'll admit my, my work computer, which is five years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it stays up to date. And it's just all the other stuff that you got to attach to it. Like the, the, I don't even know if virus protection is a thing. I think it comes standard now with everything to keep you safe. When does
1: Defenders know. built in?
2: When That's what I thought. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I'll actually be able to browse on the internet. I hear that's really popular now. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. What game should we play together first? It's gonna be so good. All right, you get to pick. You pick. You pick whatever game
2: you want to play first. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be interesting to see what um Guild Wars looks like on an advanced graphics.
1: Oh, thing. well, I mean, it's not gonna look amazing because the game's ten years old. I mean, it's not gonna blow you away, but it'll look a lot better than what and a lot smoother than what you've been seeing.
2: But your favorite time is coming up for Guild Wars. Uh, this
1: week it starts. Yes. Halloween at Guild Wars. It's time to go see Mad King Thorn. I love going hanging out with him where he does his uh Mad King says jokes. I'll be mm-hmm. every. I've done it every year since they started, I believe in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. I visit Mad King Thorn every year and haven't missed it yet.
2: Mm, I see, maybe I'll do that. Get on. I think it's what, about an hour long where he comes and visits and you stand there for an hour.
1: Uh no, it's he comes every two hours and only lasts
2: ten minutes. Okay. Yep. See, you can tell how long it's been there. And Does he still go to the lion's arches? Yep. he sure does. Okay. I have to remember that then. All right. With that, I'm getting ready to go search and figure out what kind of switch I need so I can run my monitors on multiple PCs here and roll some dice. And take some names.
1: I got a special announcement. On October 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, come hang out on our Twitch channels. We stream Critical Foundation with some of our listeners. This is the brand new game coming out from Gigamake that is an introduction to role-playing game. Learn how to be a role-player and a
2: GM all within one game. Again October 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel. Marty, last episode, you asked me, are we just going to do dad jokes for the stingers? And the answer is yes. Oh, geez. Why don't mummies take time off? (sighs) At least it's Halloween themed. Okay, why don't mummies take time off? I don't know why. They're afraid to unwind.